This is Famous Lost Words. I'm Tom Jokic. With the recent announcement of the latest inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Christopher and I thought we'd go back into the FLW archives to present a series of Hall of Fame specials. Today, we start with Eurythmics. We have two interviews with Dave Stewart. The first is from 1987, and the second is from 2005. And you'll notice that in both, Dave speaks extensively about his musical partner, Annie Lennox, and it's quite heartwarming. Have a listen as we honor Eurythmics as the newest inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is Famous Lost Words. I'm Christopher Ward, and my co-host is Tom Jokic. Hey, Christopher. Okay, so right now we're going to go back to November of 1987. Eurythmics have just released uh, their next album called Savage. It has a few hits on it, including I Need a Man. So mm-hmm. they're still cranking out the hits. And here's a great chat with Dave Stewart, and he talks about so many different topics. Here he is in conversation with Marilyn Dennis. Are you pleased with the sound of Savage? Well, Savage is definitely the best album we've ever made. Why is that? Because it was the um, the easiest, because of all the things we've been through before and all the experiments, we've um, managed to really sort of, I don't know, get into a, a stage now, now where Annie doesn't really need to walk in the room or check anything she can just walk in and sing straight on the mic without even listening to what I've been doing before you see we were psychic anyway when I would write something and she would write some words and it would fit automatically Mm -hmm. well nowadays there's one track on the album called I Need You why I play the acoustic guitar she's never heard me play it before and I've never heard what she's saying and that take is actually her singing and me playing for the first time a new song and um so the whole album was a bit like that, very sort of spontaneous. There is a single uh, coming out probably this week, which is called... I Need a Man. Yeah, yeah. and uh, where did that song come about? Who wrote it? Who put well, it together? Well, Annie and I always write everything between us. Um, mm-hmm. This song, I Need a Man, it's quite funny because actually while, while Annie was doing the lead vocal for it, uh, Mick Jagger was coming to visit us and uh, she was snarling and doing these kind of Mick impersonation really (laughs) and he was egging her on how is it that you and annie have such a good relationship do you think i mean let's face it when there are one more than one heading up a a band it's hard to keep it democratic don't you think Mm. Uh, are you that close that it's not difficult well we both realize our um, our different kind of potentials and for instance I get to do all of the sort of work that I think is really good fun, which is, you know, rehearsing the band, playing with the band, record. I mean, in this album, man, he was in the studio about four days, you know, just to do our vocals, and the rest of the time I could experiment however I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so then I don't interfere with her when she's doing photo sessions or things like that. Or, you know, it just works out great. I mean, remember, we used to live together for about five right. years. Yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So um, we ironed out a lot of that then. <laughs> Which is still re- really unique if you think about it. I mean, live, you live with somebody, mm. you guys break off your relationship, and then you become successes together. Yeah, well, my ex-wife runs the fan club, so that's no... <laughs> <laughs> you are a friendly guy, <laughs> really. Let's talk about those other people that you worked with uh, between uh, Eurythmics albums. Mm. Uh, of course, um, most recently, Mick Jagger. Yeah, that was great fun. We still have an ongoing kind of relationship where um, all the people I work with really we don't sort of set a time and go in the studio it's all random recordings around the world really 
and then you know we have to fix a date to sort of mix them or finalize them so with Mick that uh, date was in Barbados where we actually uh, finalized some of the recordings we'd been making in the back of my house and since then you know we've recorded another couple of tracks since this new album um, yeah he's, he's a great man you know he's really inspired all the time which considering the amount of albums he's made Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. He just has songs he writes every day, just about. And so I had great fun working with him. I've just recently done a single with Brian Setzer from the Stray Cats, which was great fun too. He's a fantastic guitarist. You have worked with a lot of people. Mm. If you could put together your own supergroup, hmm. yeah. who would Dave Stewart have in the lineup? Well, it's, when I look back, I never really think about it, but when I look in the last three years, I mean, I've worked with like Aretha Franklin, Stevie Wonder. Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, Daryl Hall, Fogel Sharkey. I mean, it just goes on and on, really. And all of them are, are people who, when I was younger, used to think were really brilliant. Mm-hmm. Is there someone you haven't worked with yet that you really want to? I mean, most people call you up and ask if they can work with you. Mm. You don't call them. No, I haven't rung anybody up yet. That's incredible. You mm. must feel real good about that. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's not till I do interviews and things that I actually sort of think about it. Uh-huh. But um, there's yeah. But the thing, a lot of the people that I would have really liked to work with are uh, not here anymore. Oh, I see. You know, like the Hendrix kind of people, or mm-hmm. um, a lot of early blues singers. Now let's talk a little bit about your personal life. Is it hard to mm. keep your production ears off of songs that? Bananarama releases. After all, you are remar- uh, you are married to Siobhan. Not really. It's hard to keep my hands off of uh, Siobhan's lyric writing because oh. she writes uh, most of the lyrics in Bananarama and she wrote ones that I think are great like Robert De Niro's Waiting and Cruel Summer and uh, I Heard a Rumor, all of these songs. And um, I sometimes I write some country songs with her and things like that. She's brilliant at writing... Uh, lyrics that are kind of simple but really to the point and with a little coy twist you know and uh, but no it's I mean I, I don't really uh, take any notice of their records really what's Annie up to right now she's uh, arriving in Los Angeles in about eight days time to meet me we're going to vid- uh, edit Shame one of the tracks off the album mm-hmm. and the video suite now we're going to do some uh, rehearsing to play some live TV in America. We can do three numbers live on New Year's Eve on MTV. And she's um, just bought a new apartment in Paris, so that's her main base, is to live in Paris. And when she's coming to America this time, uh, she bought a house next door to mine. Wherever I've bought a house in the world, really, Annie sort of seems to have bought one in the next street or next door. In LA, it's actually next door, the land joins up. In Paris, I had an apartment in Saint-Germain, and she bought one. Not far from there. And in London, she bought one in the next street. How many homes do you have? Oh, sorry. <laughs> My gosh. Um, I call them homes, but they're kind of um, big adventure playground kind of workplaces because all of them have got like a recording studio. Now, you know, I've got this record label, Anxious Records, and I've got seven acts signed to it, and they're always there, you know. So yeah. my home's over, over, always overrun with about him. It's a crazy house. I can't even describe it. Like, for instance, you usually have like, the three girls in Bananarama sort of dancing around, working out something to a tape, <laughs> or learning how to do karate. 
All right. Can you imagine you build a studio and there's a trio of women upstairs doing karate as part of training for the, probably their next video because Bananarama had a bunch of hits, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you could tell by that interview that he's kind of a chill guy and that he, he just seems to enjoy that stuff. And, you know, one of the things is, is all those artists were coming to him. Yes. Right? He didn't have to reach out to anybody. They were all coming to him. And, and it sounds, it's funny in that interview, he's talked about, yeah, Mick Jagger just dropped by, you know, <laughs> or Mick Jagger's just over at my place. So he's hanging out. But, but then again, Christopher, I've talked to Mick Jagger. So, you know. Well, and we all know that. <laughs> okay. So great stuff. Dave Stewart in conversation with Marilyn Dennis from November of 1987. <laughs> That's your rhythmic from 1985, and Would I Lie to You. That's a great song. Love that song. Tom, Dave Stewart, of your rhythmics fame and not the former Blue Jays pitcher, <laughs> gets around. When I asked him why so many stars wanted to work with him, he said it's because of his curveball. No, just kidding. He said it's because he has fun, <laughs> he has fun while working and that people want to be around that kind of energy. Yep. These people, by the way, include the likes of Bon Jovi, Celine Dion, No Doubt, Tom Petty, Mick Jagger, although that was a truly forgettable piece of work. <laughs> um, he will always be best known as the musical partner of Annie Lennox in Eurythmics, with yep. whom he had an amazing run of success in the 1990s. In this interview, it's absolutely charming to hear how he speaks about his one-time partner, First romantic partner and then musical. Yeah, and he really does it on a number of occasions in these clips. Like almost in every clip he talks about, oh yeah, Annie and I got together last week. Oh yeah, we're going to be spending Christmas with each other. Like it's, and they're not together, right? Like Dave's married, um, you know, Annie has her own life, but, but they are very close. It it's actually comes up so much in this, it's a little bit surprising. It is, but lovely. It's charming, I find. Yes. Yeah. Dave talks about his longstanding relationship with Annie Lennox. We started off being a couple that lived together and didn't write any songs together for about four years. And then we broke up and wrote 150 songs about breaking up. So <laughs> um, it's like we already got over the worst bit. And, you know, so we're friends really f forever, really. And, um, you know, we've been uh, doing so many things together. You know, we made nine albums in nine years. I mean, most albums, bands make an album every one to three years, mm -hmm. you know, and um, so when we stopped in 1990 for a break, it was because we both had to have, you know, families or do something, you know, that isn't a Eurythmics life, and then, it's funny enough, because our new single's called I've Got a Life, <laughs> that's probably because <laughs> we spent the next 10 years getting one. Great line about being a couple that split up, and then for the next few years, creating a whole body of work about splitting up. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> Still to come, Dave Stewart remembers some pretty incredible career highlights with Annie Lennox and talks about what it was like working with the legendary, talented, and very picky Aretha Franklin. This is Famous Last Words. I'm Tom Jokic with Christopher Ward as we continue with our chat with Dave Stewart of Eurythmics from 2005. The interviewer is the excellent broadcaster, May Potts. Now, because you have gone away and, and worked on a number of solo things, each of you, when you've come back together, how have you noticed that the working relationship has changed? Uh, it hadn't at all, really. I mean, Annie was staying with me for a holiday about nine weeks ago at my house in Los Angeles with my wife and kids. And, um, you know, we had been 
there for she's been about five days and I just sort of built a studio in Hollywood Boulevard with Glenn Ballard you know we're sort of partners in producing and writing things and and um, I said do I need you want to see it and she said yeah so we went down there and it's all like a bit like the John Lennon white room you know kind of feeling with tall ceilings right. nice light coming in the windows and within 45 minutes later we'd written I've Got a Life which is the new single and um, it just happened just like the old days when you know we'd start playing a little bit you know piano and guitar and then all of a sudden a song just comes tumbling out and then when we suddenly wrote this track you know we went in the studio the next day and wrote another one and then another one and we actually wrote about four in a row and then we sort of explained what had happened to the record company and our managers and they said well why don't we put them on top and tail on the a new ultimate collection Wow. Why is it so heartwarming that they're still friends after all they've been through? That's great. Because it's so unusual, right? Yes, that's right. Let's title this next piece, Holidaying with Annie. We've always been seeing each other, you know, like mm-hmm. our kids are friends and every other weekend. And when Annie came to stay with us on holiday, what well, she was just staying with us for a holiday. Oh. Um, so, you know, but when we wrote these songs, it was suddenly, oh, hang on, um, we should... Uh, you know, do something with them. And this seemed the obvious route. Now, does this mean that there's possibly an album in the works? Or, you know, are you considering working together even more in the near future? Uh, well, I think, you know, Annie and I are the kind of couple duo that, you know, when we're 65 years old, we might be doing a concert with an orchestra in a, uh, you know, an opera house or the Albert Hall or the Montreal Opera House or whatever <laughs> there is, uh, you know, and nobody would think that was unusual. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. You know, uh, back in about, I think it was 90 or 91, you guys had a Greatest Hits package come out, and I can't remember whether it was because of that package or what the case was, but I, you were here in Toronto with Annie as your Rhythmics, and you did a press conference. And I was there, and I remember asking whether um, that this greatest hits package perhaps signified the closing of a, a chapter in your musical careers, and Annie responded by saying yes. Do you have any regrets that you did actually move away at that time, or, or do you still think it was, a, it was a good idea? No, it was a great idea. You know, we both have had children, and um, you know, we've both done various other things that we really enjoy and are proud of I decided to become a photographer for years which I did and then I went and did movie scores and then I um, you know wrote songs with lots of other people which was great fun mm-hmm. and um, and I made records and made films and all sorts of things you know that I'd always been wanting to do and never had time because we were constantly touring and in the studio Sadly the Opera House shows at age 65 never did come to pass but, you know, in the past, there were so many career highlights. And here's Dave Stewart talking about that. Well, there's lots of memories. I remember, like, you know, when we'd written the album Touch and then we went off and tour again and we'd written this great song called Here Comes the Rain Again. And we arrived in, I think it was New Zealand, right, totally disorientated and playing at a festival, 60,000 people. And we got on stage and just as I hit the first chord of it, this massive lightning, but when and all of the uh, rain started pouring down, and it was just such a bizarre thing. Um, you know, there's different memories and moments with songs. I remember Annie and I playing 
on the Grammy Sweet Dreams, and Annie, we hid the whole time during rehearsals because Annie was getting made up as a man, you know, with sideburns and black grease back hair and bursting out on the stage and doing that in front of an audience with their jaw on the ground. That was, you know, lots of things. I remember that. <laughs> Christopher, do you remember the Grammy moment he just described when Annie came out dressed as Elvis? Uh-huh. It's such a memorable moment. Yeah. And in 2015, she just about burned down the stage when she duetted with Hosier on Take Me to Church, which was a big song that year. What a performer. And she had that androgynous look, which has always been very cool and very rock and roll. She is a star. Mm -hmm. So here, Dave talks about working with Aretha Franklin. It was scary and, uh, you know, a thrill. And we had to fly to Detroit. And we were in the studio, and Aretha came in, and she was so sweet. She had made all these chicken wings, and you know, uh, brought some of her friends and some of her family with her, and we were all crammed into this little room. And then, <laughs> then she sort of started saying about the lyrics, like she saw Annie arrive, see with a cropped hair and everything, and she was like, uh, "What do you mean exactly? We're ringing on our own bells." <laughs> you know, and uh, anyway, when she sort of heard Annie start to sing because I think she was a bit this girl looks very strange white skinny girl from Scotland and when she opened her mouth you saw Aretha sort of physically sort of put her shoulders back and go okay here we go and like they all started singing around the same mic and it was great now what he doesn't tell you here Tom is that the original video shoot was cancelled um, because Aretha was agoraphobic and he told me about that and he didn't sound very happy about it because they had a whole concept they had an entire set built and everything in London, and it never got used. You know, but it was still a great song. Yeah, it was a great song. And it is funny because Aretha was very well known for her fear of flying and also for her, she was kind of known for her demands. And so I guess that wasn't as widespread as we think it was because they didn't know that she often canceled things. They didn't know that she would cancel things at the drop of a hat. In the last 20 years of her life, she canceled a lot of concerts. Did you see her, Tom? Yes, I saw her in Toronto, and I would guess it would have been the late 90s, very early 2000s. It couldn't have been much more than 20 years ago, so... I'm guessing it was around that, that period, and she was very good. Um, I kind of wish it would have been more of a soul show um, because that's you know the era of her that I like the most. Um, but, but it was still good, and every once in a while, she would rip into something, and it, you know all the hairs on your arm and, and neck would just, would just rise to attention like immediately well, when yeah. she would hit a note yeah. or do a particular riff on a song. And you could feel her brilliance and you could hear it and it just went right through you. And then there were just some times when it just kind of felt a little bit too Vegasy. Uh, eh, don't agree. Okay. I saw this, probably the same show. It was at Roy Thompson Hall. Yes. And um, she was the artist that I thought I will never see her because she won't tour. And then I bought tickets anyway. <laughs> sure enough, she showed up yes. and she opened. I don't know if you remember, she opened with Chain of Fools. I mean, my hair stood up and never went back down again for the duration wow. of that show. It, yeah. it was mind-boggling to me. I had never heard anyone sing like that live. And I thought, wow, she's more than still got it. Yeah. She is truly the queen of soul. Yeah, for sure. And although I didn't love that show as much as you did, I'm still thrilled to have had the opportunity to see her live. And she remains perhaps my favorite singer ever. Okay, back to the Dave Stewart interview. 
we finish off with a discussion about the chemistry between Dave and Annie. You know, and I and I got to admit, and I'm a big fan as well of, um, in addition to you, but in your solo work, but to also of Annie's, and I've, you know, got her solo discs, and, and I've seen her. She was here in Toronto a few years ago, and I went to see her yeah. perform. But honestly, when the two of you get together, you have... Um, there, honestly, Dave, I think you bring out something different in Annie's singing. Yeah, I think you'll hear that on the single I've Got a Life and on the tracks on the album. It's um, it's a funny phenomenon, you know, it's like Jagger Richards or whatever when two people get together. And um, I think there's a strength in Annie's voice when I'm with her because maybe the two of us together, the sum of the parts are larger than the whole, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also, it's the way I produce it and mix the record often and uh, the sound of the microphone and the you know the compressor and everything but basically it's a strong it's a very strong sounding voice you know yes there's definitely strength there um are you guys at all planning on doing any dates together in support of this or any touring well we haven't sat <laughs> because it was only about eight weeks ago and since then she went back to england i've been here and we've been doing all this various stuff connected with releasing it. We haven't sat down with our manager yet and talked about, well, you know, everybody's schedules. And But we have been getting a lot of promoters and agents, obviously, uh, contacting us. Oh, I'd love that. Come on, you guys. <laughs> We'd love to see you out together again performing. I would think that would be such a thrill for many of us fans. Well, thanks so much. I guess the other thing with touring, and you've mentioned that you have you know, young children, is that you, know, you have to take that into consideration when you now want to head onto the road is the family life situation as well, of course. Yeah, although you can take them with you and they love it. Yeah, they like the road life. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. How about Christmas? Are you guys, I guess, planning on staying stationary for Christmas? Uh, I think Annie's coming to visit us in Los Angeles again. There you go. They're going to spend Christmas together. I wonder if they remained as close as they were from the time of that interview 15 years ago. That's Dave Stewart of Eurythmics on Famous Lost Words. That's a wrap for this week. Our show is created by Tom Jokic and produced by Adam Carter. I'm Christopher Ward. Hope you'll join us next week for Famous Lost Words. Famous Lost Words.